Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the LodgeCast Hotline. Brother Bishki here to tell you some of the hot upcoming movies we're going to be reviewing. If you see any of these movies and you have opinions about them, then please leave a voicemail at the phone number 1-877-565-1466, where you can call in your brief movie review and possibly be included in an episode. Don't forget to give us your bone count. Here are some of the hottest upcoming movies the LodgeCast will be reviewing. Godzilla vs. Kong, rated PG-13. Bad Trip, starring Eric Andre, rated R. Coming to America, rated PG-13. Once again, that LodgeCast hotline number is 1-877-565-1466. Call toll-free today. Love and light. Episode 98, Music. Music <laughs> makes the large cast come together. Hello and welcome to another edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishki. Please don't stop the music. Brother Lucas. One plus one. Every day is oh, a Jesus. holiday. One <laughs> plus one. He's getting ahead of us. Move He's your body, feel the sway. And it's Brother Ben. Hey, oh. What do we got on our plates today, you guys? What are we doing here? Sia. It's music. And it's a movie by Sia. <laughs> what, what is our history with Sia, gentlemen? I have none. I barely knew anything about Sia before this. And I still don't. Same. Well, I mean, look, she was sort of a big deal in like the case, early KCRW era for me in Los sure. Angeles. And then she like, that didn't quite pan out like that sort of. Pop star. I mean, she had the blip on um, what Six Feet Under. Breathe me. Hey, you t- you tell okay. us. Yeah. yeah. So she had like one. <laughs> she had like one pretty big song that I think was used on like the Six Feet Under finale. And then when that sort of didn't pan out for her pop career, she became like this super in demand songwriter and hit maker. And that's where I think, you know, she really shines. You know, she wrote a bunch of stuff for Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's like a, she's like a hit maker, but her solo stuff I've never really vibed with. I've liked a few of her songs before. And this past week I've been listening to quite a bit and I have to say I've become quite a fan. I think she has a lot of similarities in her pop stuff to Lady Gaga, who I'm a yep. big fan of. I think her voice is incredible. And um, yeah, she's like, a, she's a maximalist. She like, yeah, she knows how yes. to craft a melody and just slam you over the head with it. 
<laughs> and slam us over the head she did. This is a musical tonight, technically, but I did read a very telling piece of trivia from IMDb that this movie was originally written as a non-musical drama, and Sia chose to write music for the film when the producers offered her an additional $10 million. Nice. So the musical nature of this movie doesn't seem to have come from an organic place. It has come from a cash influx place. Yeah. The vibe I got, what I what I read was she delivered the movie in 2017. And uh, yeah, the financier was like, oh, we need we need like a soundtrack. Like we need <laughs> we need a lot of music. We, we, yeah. we need to sell this off off Sia. And uh, then we get the movie that we got. That's a good point, too. Filming was in full swing back in 2017. That's four years ago. That's a long time ago. So this little movie has had quite the journey. And we're beating around the bush here. The big the big issue with this, the big controversy, is that the story centers around this character named Music, who the character is autistic, but the performer is not autistic. And it's bringing up all sorts of ideas and protests about who should be able to play these characters. And in thinking about how this all went down, I give Sia the benefit of the doubt, at least initially, because she probably looked at the grand tradition of, you know, Sean Penn and I Am Sam, Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Radio. She thought she could do it too, but she didn't get the memo that shit be changing. And she was completely taken off guard when Twitter just descended upon her for this. I mean, what's crazy is this movie was distributed by Vertical Entertainment. And if if it had been like before times, I, I don't know how many theaters this would have been in. But what blew my mind was IMAX gave it like a one night only enga- yes, engagement. I saw that. And I was thinking, could, we would have been could, there. Could you, ima- could you imagine <laughs> seeing this in IMAX format? Like that's just bonkers, like utterly bonkers oh. because when this movie did start in my home living room, my home screening room in my living room, I I almost like not joking, did a spit take like as soon as it started, like like from the opening, like yeah. a Sia film to music. Then it's like the first yeah. scene I, yeah. I was drinking. I had like a mouthful of booze <laughs> and I, I, I like I almost lost it. Well, before we get into the actual movie. So the the issue with what went down on Twitter was that in the days and months since, Kate Hudson, who also is in the film, has had the quote-unquote correct response. If you want to avoid any sort of firestorm, what she said is, hey, I'm listening. I'm, I'm open to listening to any voices who have anything to say about this. Sia did not take that approach. Sia went to war with the people commenting because... <laughs> She was probably so shell-shocked after working on this movie for so long that she's like, oh, shit, now everything I did is wrong? Fuck this. And she went nuclear on these people. And she did it all wrong. I missed, I missed, I knew there was a a, a film Twitter um, backlash when when the movie premiered at, I forget which festival, or when, when, when word became, like, public that this was a, a movie that got made. 
I remember there being like a negative kind of backlash, but I I don't. She rem- dropped a teaser for it I, that they descended. Okay, upon. I don't remember Sia's response. So after I watched the movie before tonight's Lodgecast, I did a little yeah light googling just to kind of refresh my my memory. And when I read Sia's direct like quote and how she handled it at first, I was like, oh, man, like that, that is that is not a good look. Like well, her responses were a case study in how not to do PR. Uh, the autism community was already on high alert with her because they knew a non autistic actress was playing the lead role. Um, but Sia kept saying, well, just wait until you see the finished product. Um, and then when the trailer debuts, they see just how broad and exaggerated that Maddie is going. Yes. And the feedback was instant and it was brutal. Yeah. And there were all kinds of fiery back and forth that Sia was engaging with, but the most mind boggling was when she started in with this autistic actress. And I actually, I screen grabbed, um, the exchange. This is the actual exchange at Helen angel tweets, several autistic actors, myself included. We all said we could act in it on short notice. These excuses are just that excuses. The fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who is actually autistic end quote. And this is Sia's verbatim response. Maybe you're just a bad actor. (laughs) Oh my God. That's the infamous one. And, you know, in my mind, that just shows that she's transitioning from pop star mentality to film director, asshole mentality. Like that's, that's the response of a filmmaker who's been wounded and is lashing out, you know, like that's not, that's not a carefully manicured pop star. Yeah. That's just a pissed off filmmaker. I don't know. I, so I watched the movie without getting any news. I knew there was I knew there was backlash, and I knew it was good. around the autistic stuff. But I didn't look in. I didn't look into it. And when the movie was over, and I looked at the backlash, I thought it was being unfairly maligned. Um, and I mean, I don't. I'm not an expert on severe autism, but um, but yeah. Anyway, I I just thought the backlash was insane. As lodgecasters, we got to try to put all that aside and watch these movies, no matter how swirled and surrounded by controversy they may be. We got to try to watch with love and light. And you know, as difficult as as it was this time. I think I think I was able to do it at least. And I did smoke this time. I learned my lesson from bliss and me, you madness. I pre-smoked. I'm like, I gotta get in the zone. Yeah. Sia yes. would want it this way. And Lucas, I believe, I believe you did as well. I think <laughs> I think we were all prepared in our own special way for this. Yeah. So before we get into the movie proper. Bishy, what's that shot? From Rotten Tomatoes, Zoo (laughs) Kate Hudson is a free spirit estranged from her family who suddenly finds herself the sole guardian of her half-sister, Music, Maddie Ziegler. The musical drama explores the tenuous bonds that holds us together and imagines a world where those bonds can be strengthened in times of great challenge. Colon, love, trust, and being able to be there for each other is everything. Period. Period. That's it. Nice and to the point. So uh, as Lucas hinted at with his spit take, 
we're immediately off to the races with this movie. There's an opening song. They slam you into it. <laughs> it's like an ice bucket challenge, you know, but visually like it's just like yes. you're shot. It's like it's just you're, <laughs> you're shot. Like it's just a, an assault on your senses. It is. And the song and dance number basically is a huge, you know, exposition dump or at least thematic exposition dump because it's telling you exactly what's going on with these crazy musical numbers that we're about to see throughout the movie. And they're they're meant to illustrate the internal freedom and beauty of this girl music's mind. And I mean, it does hit you. What did you guys think when you were when you were right off to the races with this thing? The colors alone scorch your eyeballs. It looked to me like Zach Braff thought he was Spike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but actually it was like Zach Braff as Spike Jones directing an old Navy back to school commercial. Yes. That, that's the aesthetic. I definitely got target commercial vibes and student feature vibes like right off the bat. I, I, I was just, I was just like, Oh, here we Bishky, are. Are we certifying this? I mean, I get it. If he wants to. Yeah. All right. All right. Student feature certified. Yes. Student feature certified. Oh, every time I ask you, you're so lenient, Bishki. But I have to agree. It's so brightly colored that it does feel almost homemade. It's like graduate. It's like graduate student thesis. Like it, it's high polish. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like it's well crafted. But like I, I see, I can see the Costco craft service from here. Like I can, I can just <laughs> see it. I can co-sign. I mean, it's bold. I mean, like there's not. I looked up like the number of. Um, movies that have been kind of based on albums and it's not a huge list and this is like music videos interspersed to kind of convey the inner worlds of the characters and this is Sia's first time writing directing and she's like I'm going to base it on my album it's true I don't know I was like bold move you were in yeah you were on board so some of the complaints from Twitter and elsewhere say that the strobing light effects and the crazy colors are going to be overstimulating for artis autistic viewers, which I can see that. They're, they're overstimulating for everybody. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't know oh. that, you know, that, that everything in this movie needs to be, you know, gone over with a fine tooth, tooth comb about how overstimulating it can be. Spe like, speaking of overstimulating, um, Maddie Ziegler, who plays the title character, she she has these facial expressions and yes. facial tics, which like the only way I could describe it to to some of our LodgeCast listeners is is like when the good like ecstasy pill like hits like an hour later, yeah. like when you're peaking, like when you're just melting yeah. in the trance room or the jungle room and like, you, yes. you just like feel the music going through your body. I mean, I'm sure that's the direction Sia was giving her. Like you're feeling the music, like the feel, the joy, like feel the love, like feel the light, feel, it's intense. feel the colors, every color of the rainbow, <laughs> feel green, feel yellow. And she's just like, she's feeling it. Like every, everything she's yeah. feeling. And, and you're not feeling it, right? Because you're you're living through a pandemic and you're quarantining <laughs> going on a year now. She's trying to bring and, it to you though. <laughs> and all of a sudden this is like in your in your face. A bunch of face in your face. That's also been a criticism is that 
people are saying, you know, she's such an overwrought caricature that it's offensive. And I can see where they're coming from. It's, I mean, she is all in. It's like a circus clown doing like, like big, like exaggerated, like, should I go in the, should I go in here? And the audience is like, no, you know, it's like. And again, it's like, she's being directed to do that, but it is this actress physically doing it. So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. It's consistent. It's, (laughs) it's, it's nothing. She never lets up. She never lets up for one moment. And Hector Elizondo is on board doing his Hector Elizondo thing. Yeah. Playing music's neighbor. Did not know he was still in the game. He's looking good. He was out of commission. It's like Gary Marshall never died. And he's still doing the Gary Marshall role that he would have done. Had Gary, had Gary Marshall made this movie. Wow. That, that would be a different conversation with with Julia Roberts as music. Because I was like, yeah. what, have, what did I last see Kate Hudson in? And then I remembered it was Gary Marshall's Mother's Day. And that's, <laughs> oh, the, no. that's the Hector connection. Oh, man. Hector's 84, and he was he was probably like, I'm, I'm oh. on for the ride for, for music many years ago. And, and they did it. Just so the listeners are extra aware, Bishki and I saw Mother's Day, Gary Marshall's Mother's Day in the theater. And it... You know, we've been through a lot of painful movies, but that one that one did us in and put us under. And we we hugged afterwards Oof. and it was a traumatic but bonding experience. The dreadful swan song of Gary Marshall. Oof. Still to this day, I think pound for pound, that's the worst film I've seen in the theater. Like a major motion. <laughs> the pain picture. lasts oh, for days. Man. So anyway, back to music. Music's grandma, played by Mary Kay Place, passes away. And that's when Kate Hudson enters the scene as music's half-sister named Kazoo, which cringed my chest into itself <laughs> when I first heard it. Zoo, her name is Zoo for short. And it's Kate Hudson. She's got a shaved head. And she looks like she's about 15 years old, to be true. And that that's insane. Like, she's been in the game so long, and she still looks... So young. Looks it's amazing. crazy. Inexplicably wears like a sports bra through the whole thing. Like through the a, whole yeah. movie. Rarely wearing a shirt of any kind. Yeah. Sports bras only. You know, Kate Hudson, I last saw her in Mother's Day. I don't know what I saw her in before that. I She hasn't ever registered on my actor scale for anything really. But this movie, I thought she did great. I may I may be going out on a limb here, but I was totally buying everything she was selling in this. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Bishki's there. Yeah, I mean, I I see what you're saying. Like she's she has movie star charisma, you know. Like she does. We're sort of asking her to do the impossible. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's just it's like a ludicrous character though because she's you know a newly sober. Her name's drug, Kazoo. Her name How is could Kazoo. She not be ludicrous. She's, her name is Kazoo, and she's a newly sober drug dealer. Like I, I don't yes. understand how this works, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, somehow she kept it all together. And she did get nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance, by the way, which makes this extra interesting. Yeah, this thing's up for a lot of Golden Globes that they're trying to cancel. The Hollywood, the Hollywood <laughs> Foreign Press Association loves sucking off stars. And uh, Kate Hudson is a legacy. You know, her mom's Goldie Hawn. She's made famous from almost famous. And uh, I think just kind of dropped out of film to become a mom, really, you know, Um so I haven't really seen her in anything except 
the aforementioned and uh i, I find her to be kind of lightweight like she doesn't really have the gravitas or the grit to play <laughs> someone surly and angry like sleeping through a AA meeting or whatever but sure but uh you know it could be worse you know it could be it could be worse i guess there you go that's that's the best we can hope for from lt with this situation <laughs> ben schwartz shows up in cornrows what's going on there <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is, is I, it's kind of jarring how wall to wall this movie is with just what the fuck cameos. Yeah, I mean, there and 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 honestly, there were certain things like full disclosure. I didn't smoke, but I had a THC gummy, and I literally okay. had I had a blink and I did miss. Apparently, Henry Rollins was in. This yeah, thing yeah, I blinked, and, yeah, I blinked and missed that too. I, I, totally I, I, I saw Henry every, Rollins is definitely in it. I saw everybody else, including Sia, but I was like, what did I miss? Henry Rollins. Lena Dunham had a voiceover credit that I was like, yep. missed, that. missed that entirely. She was a, a social worker over the phone. Uh, Kazoo sells some drugs to Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis was always highlight. That was my favorite cameo. That, that, that always got, great to see Juliet. That got a chuckle out of me. Just so committed. To, like <laughs> so great. Kazoo gets a hold of a small inflatable pool at one point, And well, she and music hang out around it. We're thrust into the salad dragon. The salad dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. I mean, it's really a salad song, and we try to keep it muted around here, but Lucas saw this film. <laughs> And he simply texted us one plus one, which happens to be the name of this song that we are plunged into at this point. And in a film full of songs that are trying to be an earworm and that are trying to just infest your brain, this one stands head and shoulders above the rest. It will get lodged so hard in your head that you'll crave the sweet release that death would bring. Days <laughs> later, days later, you'll be hearing it in the shower. It'll just come to you. So as as each of us watched the film and were experiencing it, we would each text one plus one, one plus one. <laughs> we became the one plus one gang. And I'll probably play it at the end of this episode just to make <laughs> sure do, everyone else gets infected just like we did. So... Aside from the catchiness of that particular song, to me, as colorful as they were, these musical sequences blended together like crazy for me. Like they they became almost indistinguishable for me. I don't know if that's what happened with you guys, but it, yeah, was, yeah, it was a problem. I, I, I feel the same way in that like the, the musical interludes or the music video um, – cuts like all those songs yeah they bled together or you're just the sound of them the sound of them all sounded similar except for the one plus one lyrics it was just like by the time the song was over i was just like one plus one let the beat take you yeah. away one plus one <laughs> every day's a holiday one plus one i need to get my edd like one plus one no one's picking up the phone at EDD. We need to get on that. <laughs> exactly. What did you What did you think, Bishki? I all mean, I wrote down, all I wrote down about one plus one, I said one plus one equals love and light. I mean that. That's true. That's true. It's 
it's rainbows and sunshine coming at you. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say besides that. Like, it's it made me smile. Ben, were you were you on the edge of your seat during these uh, fantasy sequences? Could you differentiate? Well, it, it, you had you got me thinking about this. Not to go the most obvious route for me, but if you look at Purple Rain, yeah, like, Prince like was writing tons of songs, and he ended up figuring out like nine killer songs that are each really sort of different from each other. Yeah. There's like psychedelic pop, there's some hard rock, there's funk. I think to break it up, to like give each number its own distinct thing. And yeah. I, I just, you can feel the fact that these songs were an afterthought, that it was like a movie first, and then she was like, oh Absolutely. shit, I better get eight songs together because they, there's not a huge difference. And then yeah, and then like visually, they are shot very, very similar. I mean, they look pretty good, you know, like they're competently put together, but I, there's just nothing super special about it. Yeah. What I felt too is that you can tell we haven't been talking about the character music that much because it isn't really about her. It's about Kate Hudson's character. Yeah. This whole movie is about Kazoo learning how to live again and be responsible for once. But Throughout, I would often forget that music was even in it. And then she'd yell from off screen or something. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, music's in this. And the whole movie's music, and it's supposed to be about her. I almost am like, why Why is music even in this movie? You know, like, why, why not just make it about Kate Hudson if that's obviously where your focus is? Like, what did you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, I didn't really know the structure of it. Like, because I don't know if, you know, in terms of the songs being an afterthought or whatever, I didn't really know that. So I was like, right. it was her, the music videos were kind of her view on what was going on around her, mostly. Like yeah. it was, sometimes it was the inner world of Kate Hudson and stuff, but that's where kind of the music came in, I guess. Um, music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, I kind of thought she was essential. I don't know. No, I kind of feel what you're saying, honestly. Like, it, it just seemed they were both in different movies or you didn't really need to have yeah, one to have the other. different movies. Um, and honestly, like, it, it was it was a really tough watch for me. And at a certain point, I longed for the music numbers because that just somehow was less painful than the straight drama, <laughs> like, without, without the covers. Right. 100%. So, music gets stung by a bee. And she starts Oof. swelling up. And in all the confusion, Kazoo loses her bag full of valuable drugs. This situation causes her to relapse. She gets drunk. Henry Rollins pops up for no fucking reason. And I thought the musical sequence where Kazoo was drunk and stumbling around, I thought that was pretty cool. That was a little different. The choreography was interesting. They were playing with it a little bit. And the sequence ends with Kazoo face planting into some concrete steps where there was a flash frame, kind of like when you smack yourself in the head and you get a like a flash of light. I thought it was very effectively get done. It made me, I mean, granted, I was stoned to the bone, <laughs> but when she, when her face smacked against those steps, I was just like, oh, oh, I like jumped back. Like I felt it. And she is, her face is fucked up through most of the rest of the movie from that yeah. face point. Yeah, so. I liked her whole meltdown. 
I thought that was good. After this low point, Kazoo tries to get her life back on track via a musical montage, of course. And Kate Hudson, bless her heart, she actually sells the line, my name is Kazoo and I'm an alcoholic. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe anybody made an actor say that line. But she said it and she looks like she meant it. So I, I don't know if I'm derailing the conversation here, but can we just talk really quickly about her? I think it's her get rich scheme uh, where Sia appears as herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Gotta, yeah. gotta talk about that. Sia appears as herself. Kazoo is going to Sia to sell Sia drugs. <laughs> and what we learn is Pills, that I think. Sia is actually the head of an organization called Pop Stars Without Boundaries. And Sia is going yeah. to, wants to buy a whole bunch of Percocet and Oxy to send to like Haitians that actually need it. It is the most, I, I can't tell if it's. Why did I, she do I, that? I think it was supposed to be of, a satire, but I, it didn't work very well, no. It's the most incoherent satire. Yeah, it is just incoherent. But again, I don't think Sia has anyone in her life to say, yo, no. this isn't working. Yeah. That could be dangerous. There, there's a another subplot I want to just briefly mention that I thought there's a whole subplot with this kind of like overweight um, neighbor that they have across the street. Yeah. And yeah, he's in another movie. That that whole thing could have been cut out. <laughs> I mean, it just it just didn't fit. It didn't fit. Like she, it he, didn't fit. He was very non essential. Don't the you think there's that. probably a bunch of deleted scenes? Like that's been cut yeah. down to nothing, and that there's like 30 minutes of that. That guy the, probably thought he was the lead of the movie and then like showed up, to the, showed yeah, up yeah. to the premiere and it's like, he could have oh, been. No, he's and he gets a in neighbor. a boxing match and he like hugs the guy. Like it just, it was, I, yeah, that was pretty bad. Very bad. Borderline incoherent. I was more interested in his boxing <laughs> career than, than music and what music was dealing okay. with. So I don't know. Like I, w- I would have watched a movie with that guy, but I agree. He did not need to be in this movie. To the point where I didn't even write him in my notes. I think while I was watching it, I was live cutting him out of the movie so that (laughs) I didn't even have to think about that thread. But yeah, and he, at some point, you know, he he has an abusive dad and... They get in a fight and the kid might die. Like they leave it open ended, like a an ambulance comes died, and yeah. takes him away. Uh, I thought he died. I think he died. <laughs> <laughs> I think he dies. But he dan- but he but he dances with music in one of the videos after he's yeah. dead. So he's happy. And which like, which suggests what? that he is dead because she sees her grandma too. So mm. can you imagine three years in post production, three years cutting this thing, and that's oh. that's how that storyline. She, she Sia went through some editors too, I think, because I I bet of like the, the first couple ones were like we can't do anything. What do we do? <laughs> you gotta, what do we do? You got to reshoot it. Did you notice that David Fincher was thanked at the end? And I was like, oh, oh can you shit. imagine David Fincher having to sit down and watch the rough <laughs> what, of this? What was his it's involvement? Like anti-Fincher, oh. yeah. Anyway, Kazoo tries to leave music at a care facility, but music says don't go. So they triumphantly bust out of there. And Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Ebo, Kazoo's uh, sort of boyfriend, he's at the wedding of his ex-wife, who's marrying his brother. Kazoo and Music crash the party, just like the other sister, 
And Kazoo pledges to stay sober, tells Ebo that she's learning to love again. And this is all on stage in front of all these strangers, this dude's family and extended family. And, you know, Kazoo's wearing her, her famous sports bra at this wedding. And they have this this moment where they play the piano and music who has been nonverbal throughout this whole movie suddenly starts singing because it's a song that she's been sung to her whole life. And she sings in this kind of quiet, halting manner. But you got to think logically, there's like 100, 200 guests. <laughs> what are the people in the in the cheap seats thinking is going on on this on this stage? The only people that know the gravity of the situation are the three fucking people on the stage. Everybody else is just like, what the hell is going on? That woman is on drugs. This is the big finish. It it really could have been like bliss. And all three of them were just hopped up on goofballs. You know, like, <laughs> like what, what kind of a climax is this? Oh. There's nothing worse in a movie where you feel the director reaching for your heartstrings and then they fumble them, you know, <laughs> and they hurt them and they twist them and they nick them with their fingernails. It, it, there, there's no coming back from that in my, in my no, book. But man, what, yeah. what did you guys think? Yeah. Bishki, did you shed a tear? I didn't shed oh, a tear, man. but, but then there was another musical number and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Music gets a special delivery in the form of a therapy dog. And she's loving it. And then, boom, big musical number. We see everybody from the cast dancing around. And there's a little more Tig Notaro, And then it's out. <laughs> then the music drops the mic. So I don't know what I was feeling at the end of this. I had a lot of emotions. And they felt like they weren't... They were in a traffic jam, you know? The, the road wasn't paved right. <laughs> what, where were you guys at? When the credits rolled, I was thinking, man, I don't, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> you don't get paid at all. Um, yeah, I was hurting. I was really hurting. I, I feel like so many movies these days are just not great, and I, I'm so desperate for a good movie, <laughs> like, like, like a cold glass uh, of ice water. We're uh, trying to get you some nutrition. We're gonna, we, we, we yeah, got we're some looking. Good stuff coming up. We're looking. So yeah, I, I was not. Uh, I was not in a cheery, generous mood for this movie, sure. for this movie. And I was in the right place, like, like chill wise. Like I was definitely like, yeah, could not have watched it under better circumstances, but I'm just, you were chilling like a villain. I'm just so, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Ben, did the THC turn to see his favor by the end or what, what were you feeling at the end there? Alas, I'm a plus one with Lucas. It was a, <laughs> It, it, when those when that end crawl started, it was relief. It was sweet, sweet relief. I get it. And Bishki, like, what were you thinking? I'll get to it in my bones. I'll get to it in my bones. Well, let's go to them musical bones then. Bishki, we're not going to go to you first okay. because I think you have the, the, the dissenting. I'm a new Sia fan, y'all. Let's let Lucas uh, clear out his pipes here and then we'll move on. <laughs> it's a very nice image. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll say. Yeah, but uh, man, um, 
I think I there's like really nothing more I can say except like this movie made me question everything about past movies with, you know, uh, neurodivergent or, or whatever the correct term is, you know, peoples, um, you know, you look at Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump and yeah, like the aforementioned people we mentioned earlier and like even Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like was nominated for what's mm. Gilbert Grape. And that was something I kept going back to thinking that Sia must've been inspired by that performance and, and, Absolutely. and DiCaprio was, was adored and like admired for, for playing that character. And today though, it's like, well, it'd be much better if you cast like a real authentic actor that, that suffers, you know, whatever handicap, but yeah, in 2021, man, like it, this almost feels like something that if I were Sia, like I would have just buried, like, like if they said, Hey, you need to, add a bunch of songs to it i'd be like uh yeah maybe we just do another one we do it over like <laughs> like scratch like it. johnny depp made a uh, wrote and directed and starred in a feature film that no one's ever seen because yeah like he showed it to people and they were like this is not a movie that you want to be associated with the brave look um, it up people yeah um so so i yeah i i'm thinking like as i'm watching this and, and it's and it's painful to watch like i really from the opening seconds i was like you got to be fucking kidding me um <laughs> you know to the last minute uh i was just like oh man like if, if you were pitching this to me and said we want to use a reel we have this autistic uh singer or this autistic dancer and, and it's gonna be their first movie i'd be like that's great. Like I will, I will green light that. But, but if it's like, Oh, it's my friend who's been in some of my videos and she's not autistic, but don't worry. We've like watched some videos of, of people with autism. We've <laughs> we watched got, some YouTube. We've got it figured out. Like we're going to treat it with love and kindness. We're coming from a good place. So it'll, it'll be fine. I, I would be like, not so on board with that. So I have to give this a woof. I, I, this is another Of course. Lucas is on a woof train going all night. The woof rut. I call it the woof rut. Woo. Get me out of it. I don't, I don't, you think I like living like this? I was like retroactively looking at my, <laughs> Rain Man review because I was like, what did I think about Rain Man? And I gave Rain Man a higher rating because I guess it was a different time and like there's more of a plot yeah. and like I don't know, but still it's problematic. Like there's no we got to get the boy out of his woof rut. We're yeah. gonna do it. We're gonna do it real soon. I promise. Brother Ben, have at it. So, uh, not to get all series here, but for real, uh, there's this. Uh, notion of having diversity readers that kind of yeah. gets eye rolled a lot, and I and I get why people roll their eyes at that a little bit, but I do think this is one of those instances where I really wish someone showed this screenplay to some yeah with autism because at I, the screenplay level, yeah, it just feels so misguided and just so cringy and taking all of that aside like just the music and the musical numbers i just i didn't think they were good enough to salvage that now that right. said uh i would ab absolutely kill to see uh a lodge master supercut of like 15 turn this into a 15 minute like explosion uh yeah and so maybe I'll just cut Purple Rain songs into it. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, so like, I can't write it off entirely because I think 
I don't know, if you get high enough and giggly enough mm -hmm. at some of the insanity, uh, yeah, you, you might get something out of this. So I'm going to give it a solid one bone. One bone from Brother Ben. Very well-reasoned and, and measured. I love it. Brother Bishke, the world waits with bated breath. All right, disclaimer, I don't know what to make of Maddie Ziegler's performance. I just don't. That said. That disclaimer, I don't know what to make of her performance. That said, I'm a big new Sia fan. Uh, mm. She's got a healthy dose of childlike wonder and sunshine, smiles, <laughs> rainbows, hearts, everything that a critic will roll their eyes at. Kazoos. And, and I... <laughs> Admit, I rolled my eyes many times in this movie, but I also thought there were a lot of touching moments, you know, especially with Kate Hudson and Leslie Odom Jr., who I think did fine with their performances. I think the movie's strongest when it's in music video mode, fantasy mode. I think that's where Sia's directing talents is. And I mean, I think she's got an incredible music talent, but I think she also has a lot of visual talent. I mean, for a first-time director, I thought visually the movie was great throughout, in my opinion. But the plot especially in the latter half, got into a little amateur hour. Uh, it's kind of a fantasy, so some of it's forgiven, but I found a lot to like. Uh, one plus one, as I told you, uh, is it, it equals love and light. Um, floating through space yep. together, courage to change, all are going to be hit songs. Um, <laughs> so, but you guys Win. have talked me down. Like, I, I, especially from Lodge Master, I thought I was going to get a little more love and light. But uh, uh, one plus know. one equals two bones. That's what I'll give it. Oh, you guys, yeah. You guys talk me down to two bones. Home. He brought it all home. Where were you? I was, two, I was two and a half, but I, okay. you guys talk me down. Right. I can't help it. We got to shave it down a little bit. All right. So we got, we, got, <laughs> we got a nice spread here. You know what? I think Lucas is a little doom and gloom, but I agree with Ben pretty much wholeheartedly. But I love that I love that whiff of love and light that Bishki's bringing in, just like new money. You're that new Sia. You got that new Sia love going, yeah. and I don't want to dampen that at all. So I did feel very strange at the end of this movie. I felt a little unnerved because of all of the different tonal clashes going on. But at the end of the day. I was pretty much blown away by Kate Hudson's performance in this. I actually, you know, say what you will about the Hollywood foreign press whining and dining and being hopelessly corrupt. I think she actually deserves to be nominated for a Golden Globe. I yeah. thought she was great in this. So I give I give a full bone to Kate Hudson. I give a half bone to one plus one straight up. That gives it one and one half bones for me. Nice. For music. Nice. And I am very curious to see how history treats this movie once all of the controversy and all the white hot takes online die down. 55,000 signatures at uh, change.org to get I heard the movie, like 95,000, like, yeah. Not released or unre unreleased. Almost all critics have boycotted this. 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, 15% audience score. People are just piling on this thing, man. They're just... I've never seen numbers like that. Yeah. Generally so, unfavorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if and if this were in the theaters, the cinema score would be a sight we, to see. Do we remember what what Gotti was floating at? I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. Gotti was inflated, right? Oh, Gotti's zero. Gotti's zero. Gotti's a perfect zero. Audience was forty five percent on Gotti. 
Oh, okay. okay. But they were gaudy right. bots, I think, for the audience. Probably there were a lot bots. of gaudy bots. <laughs> I, I think the gaudy bots probably pumped it up to 100, and then reality <laughs> folks brought it down to a nice, nice even 40. Gaudy bots. But, but that perfect zero, God, that gives me chills. I mean, that's an Travolta had five zeros in a row, man. It's oh a man, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> but it but like I said, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this movie with future generations <laughs> happening upon it. And maybe there will be a music revival when when Sia's like 70, she'll go to like the Tostitos presents the Egyptian theater. <laughs> And, you know, be like, you know, this movie was was vilified in its time, but now now people love it. But even if even if Best Picture Rain Man came out today, it would be like completely shut down, basically. Oh, That's no. True. The headline would be like Rain Man tries to have sex with underage girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be yeah, like yeah. It'd, be, it'd just be like this really bad headline. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why you gotta if you're if you're Sia, you gotta at least lick your finger and stick it up and see which way the winds are blowing. Read the room, as they say. Read the universe. Or just ignore it. Or yeah. ignore it. Yeah. Or ignore it completely and and be an outlaw. But if you play in these waters, you gotta expect a little backlash. And she got a lot of backlash. That's <laughs> but that's music. That's entertainment. So yeah, I, I appreciate uh, Brother Ben, you taking this journey with us. Thank you, Ben. I can't wait to return a year from now to uh, review Madonna's self-directed oh, yeah. memoir <laughs> biopic with y'all. Booked. Booked <laughs> oh, and in man. the schedule. <laughs> Booked in stone. Love it. Love it. And boys, you know, I, I love the bone spread we got. And Lucas, dear listener, if you could see Lucas, he's just sinking. He's sinking down <laughs> he's into his out of Zoom frame. frame right now. He's almost out of frame. I, he's so I've, sad. I've been vaping this whole episode. I, like, you know, vaped hours before just to get ready, just to get into the headspace. He's all woofed out, folks. He's all woofed out. We need to get him some nutrients yeah. quickly. Please. I need, <laughs> so I need, pray, a, I need a pray fun. Pray for the boy. I need a fun movie. I need a fun one. Like, just a fun. We got just with the doctor order coming up i sweet, think sweet sweet so, sweet all right boys love and light love and light fam love and light y'all see ya wouldn't want to be ya peace get a girl i'll get a boy one plus one take him right down to the shore one plus one give you all and give some more one plus one let the music free your soul one plus one Sway with me to the light Hold me for just one night Hold me for just one night oh, We live for the beat Baby, you're all I need Baby, you're all I need oh, So I'm taking you
listen, you'll be heard.